Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, Talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Yeah, absolutely no one. I know this. Get this, Nair, yes, Nair, the OG, has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell absolutely amazing. I know this is not the smell that you're thinking of from the 90s when your mom first pulled this out for you. These smells will light up your bathroom, honestly. They'll make your shower experience better. This smells like a spa, actually. And how do you know this? Well, I just, I mean, Nair's in the household. So anytime Nair's used, it smells like a spa. You probably don't even know what it does. It takes hair away. (laughs) It works in as little as three minutes. You don't have to bother with nicks, cuts, shaves, and the smooth lasts so much longer than shaving. You're also not going to have to deal with any of those shave bumps or anything like that because the bumps are just as annoying as the nicks, right? Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all the nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates. You can feel good about what you're putting on your skin and you could have a little bit of a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. And as Ben, Ben smelled for himself and he likes it. It's Ben approved. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Well, it is officially the off-season of the Almost Famous Podcast, 
and we're going nowhere. Ashley, what's up? What's up? This is the smallest off season of all time. Because before you know it, <laughs> we'll be back because I think it's like three weeks. And then we come back to yep. something amazing. We're going to have Paradise and the Golden Bachelor both on Thursdays. Ben, we have like, the, the, I feel stupid for the headline that is obviously first up this week, which is um hannah godwin and dylan barber's wedding it was magical remember how last week there was a headline that said that like perhaps they were like eloping like what was happening we didn't see anything going on on instagram Mm. they're like hey what's up we're in france it's wedding week and i had said something i just feel dumb um because of course like hannah and and dylan are gonna like live it up and of course they're gonna have bachelor friends there um, but like we didn't have anything that had happened over the weekend because they got married on the weekdays. I think it was maybe Tuesday. Okay. And oh my gosh, what a spectacular event it was. People were saying this is the bachelor's. But why do you feel dumb? Wedding. I don't I cause like why would I ever even say things like they're not going to have like a big to do like they're going to elope or like they're not going to have mm. bachelor friends there. Like, of course they are. Some people don't, though. I mean. I what I don't think it was a a terrible take because maybe I was just out of the loop, but I didn't know that their wedding was coming up. I don't think they had talked about like their wedding oh, happening oh, this week. Oh, but but they but they did. We just didn't know where it was going to take. Where it was going to be? We're always seeing Hannah like try on dresses, sure. but we just didn't know the extravagance of it. We didn't know the the details at all of it. And it was so breathtaking. Um, I wasn't there, <laughs> but we've all like just stalked it out on Instagram. It was just like it was at a French chateau, like a really like a French palace. Yeah, it's a Chateau de Villette, and it was about an hour outside of Paris. They had 145 friends and family members. Actually, we are having Heather Martin on the show tomorrow, so she can give her firsthand details. So I'll kind of breeze by this. I did see Heather actually this week at, an- at another wedding because this girl has been on a parade of three weddings over the past like week and a half. Whose wedding were you at? I was at my friend Courtney Bagby's wedding. She, do you know Courtney? I don't. You must have met Courtney and stuff. She's a huge Bachelor fan and she's an agent for some um, Bachelor oh. alums. So um, she just said, she, you know, just talking to her. She was just like, I mean, it was like outrageous. The fireworks went on for 20 minutes. Did you see the videos of the fireworks? Yeah, it was a beautiful wedding. All the details, again, we, we were just interested in this wedding because uh, obviously it was a gorgeous wedding. There were bachelor alums there. Um, having Heather uh, kind of tie some loose ends for us and give us the behind the scenes will be really helpful. And so, Again, if you're interested in this wedding, we're going to get all the details with Heather Martin, who attended the wedding, part of the Bachelor Nation few that went, but the faithful that went uh, on this week. That's a huge week for the Almost Famous podcast. Uh, Also, Ashley, uh, we have a couple other weddings coming up. We have Dean and Kaylin's wedding, obviously, coming up here in a few weeks. There's a lot of love in the air, and I have a feeling... But yes, as you mentioned, Paradise is just a few short weeks away. Golden Bachelor will be airing as well. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about brand new, beautiful love stories coming uh, from these there's next so two many, seasons. But there's also so many of our past love stories that are all cementing things with weddings yeah. like this month and last. So it was Hannah and Dylan, Mari and Kenny are coming up. And then we also have Serena and Joe, who are technically still married. And then there's one other that I'm missing. I mean, t- 
Thomas and Becca. Becca and Thomas. Yeah. But then, duh. How did I forget the one wedding of them all that we're going to? Dean and Caitlin's next month. Yeah. So there's some big weddings coming up. A lot of love happening in the air, which is a really exciting time for The Bachelor. I know that you and I in the past, and we haven't been as much recently, but we've been critical of kind of the, the trajectory of the show. I think this last season showed the lack of drama, showed the more of the love story. Obviously, we got a great love story from Charity season that I think we'll be talking about for years to come. I will say, though, this new kind of era of the Bachelor franchise, yes, it felt more dramatic at times, but it has been leading to what I feel like is a kind of plethora of weddings and cemented love stories more than maybe in the past. We've been doing this for eight years, and I think we're talking about weddings more than we ever have. I think so, too, for sure. And I just want to say that I've, you know, you know, out and about just talking to people about charity season over the past couple seasons before that, I was getting a lot of people being like, just like not that into it anymore. You know, just like, mm. I don't know if I feel the lead. People come up to me now. They're like, oh my gosh, did you love this season? Like yeah. she and Dotton are meant to be. So it's just nice to hear that stuff. Yeah, I think we're in a good, I think it's a, it's a good season for the Bachelor franchise. I do believe there is a lot of hope uh, and a lot of uh, forward excitement. I'm personally, Ashley, as you said, just a few weeks away from Paradise and the Golden Bachelor. I know it is going to be a marathon of Bachelor in my life um, for for hours every week. But I will say that typically there's a sense of anxiety. Like, I don't know if I can commit to watching this many hours of the show every week. Um, And charity season was different because I enjoyed watching it. I I was into it. I feel very excited um, about the paradise and the golden bachelor like i'm excited to tune in i'm excited to see how they play out and so this is a season of excitement for me when it comes to show which i have not felt uh other than charity season in, in some years i know and everybody kind of got annoyed with us when we were just so harsh on zach's season actually well, just, zach's season was kind of enjoyable towards the end i mean yeah. not kind of i mean i really enjoyed his like top four era and there's another great love story that comes from and it. another great love story yeah well speaking of love stories <laughs> yeah speaking of love stories that have came from paradise raven gates reveals uh if she and adam want another baby and discuss going from one kid to two kids yeah well Raven did a Q&A on her Instagram. I love Raven's Instagram. I'm always, whenever I see she has a fresh story up, I'm always interested to see what it's about. I just feel like her, she is like real about motherhood while also just being like such a natural mother that I'm like, you do make it look easy, even though I know it's not easy for you. I just like watching her motherhood. Anyway, so she obviously has just about an over month year old (laughs) and a month year month old. (laughs) And then he, she also has Gates, who is over a little over a year and a half. And now people are, of course, asking in the Q and A's, "Are you going to have another one?" So the the direct answer is, it's kind of how this one, you know, how they go with two for right now. But they are planning out their house; they're building a house next year. And Adam has made sure that in the plans there are three kids rooms so i'd say i'd say expect more from them she is having a little bit of a rough time right now just this morning she you know she said that gates is sick and she has metesis um i think i'm saying it correctly it's when the ducts in your in your breasts get clogged up and Ooh, become so really sore painful. yeah so sore. yeah so um and it makes you have like other full body 
symptoms and she is going to the doctor i think today to get that fixed out but she's like really disappointed because the breastfeeding journey this time around was going a lot easier than it was for gates and now um with this she just this week kind of stopped producing milk and has matesis and that's all um, a rough situation but you know she'll get through it we're thinking about her i uh this is just a side story i wonder if it's the same thing I forget. I was in high school and I got into my buddy's hot tub and it was the chemicals were not up to balance. Uh-huh. And all of us that were in the hot tub got out and like, I remember this. Yeah. You telling me this. It was like the next day I woke up so sick. I had lumps, like all of my like pores were like clogged up and lumpy and I like fevers and sweats. It was one of like, I only remember that because it was one of the most painful experiences and so I wonder if that's the same thing that Raven has, because if so, and she's raising a child right now, like I can't imagine, like I was bedridden. Like I could, I was such a baby during that time. Hmm. It's definitely not the same thing, but it could be like related, you yeah, know, some, something with it. And then I just want so to say sore. that she, she also like, they, they seem to be on dates all the time and I'm so jealous. I'm like, they just like seem to have the best relationship. And somebody was like, hmm. how do you like always have date nights? And she says that she schedules them in advance um, so like they know like th- for the month what nights they're going out to just be the, the you know just have quality time so and then good. I that I told Jared to go Jared I'm like I'm jealous of this like can we do this and no now we've decided that every other Wednesday we're gonna do it thanks to Raven and Adam my parents did that my my parents had date nights uh, consistently when I was growing up and then I also talked to Jessica's parents. And they would do this. Uh, I don't know when theirs was, but, but like a lot of couples I talk to who have been married, it feels like one, it's not the secret sauce, but it's a piece of a healthy relationship, I think, is having something scheduled, getting away. I also think it's good for the kids because they're, you know, they're not dependent on you always being around and they kind of just expect on Tuesday nights, every week or every other week or once a month, you know, mom and dad are going to go out and they're going to come back and they're a little happier than they usually are. Um, a little more giggly and like, I think it's good for the kids to see. I'm just, I'm impressed with Raven and Adam's commitment. They, they're just a great couple to be around too. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a lot of fun. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One couple that didn't work out was Clayton and Susie. I still, even reading this headline, am shocked. It's it's like almost wild to me that they were ever together. Like I don't even picture when I think see Susie's Instagram. I don't remember her with Clayton, and when I see Clayton, I don't really see him, remember him with Susie. I think of him, her with like Justin, yeah, Justin Glaze, because she does like a lot of content with Justin yeah. Glaze. She's in that friend group, and I'm like, they they could be cute. They could be cute. Well, here's the headline. Susie Evans reveals the most disgusting and frustrating thing about dating in L.A. Okay, yeah. So, so she said that everyone is really career-driven, and she says, maybe I'm part of the problem. Um, but no, there's a bigger problem happening, and it doesn't really have to do with dating culture, although it does kind of. <laughs> she goes, it does. This is like just a stream of consciousness, basically. She goes, the thing I find the most annoying about dating in LA is when I'm not even trying to date. Like, for example, a man approaches me with a business opportunity, and I'm down to get together with this person to work on a project. And then this person asks to take me out and wants to take me on a date. 
and get to know me on a different level. When I express that I'm not interested, then all those business opportunities get pulled out from underneath you. It's that fine. That really disgusting. Yeah, it is really gross. She goes, I make money on social media and I have a videography business. I film weddings. I'm good. I don't need your business if it means I have to date you. And then she continues by saying, I just find that it to be the most disgusting and frustrating thing that I've experienced. Now I see when people move to big cities and are trying to make something new, people see them as vulnerable and try to capitalize on it. I am so grateful that I don't give a shit about money and I don't need this person's opportunity. I literally cannot be bothered. I just find this like, there's like, I don't know, Ash. There's something, I mean, there's a lot of things about this that just like really feel wrong and unhealthy. And it, it feels like the stories of the past that we would like to believe that we've moved past and moved through. Yeah. But the fact that people are interested in working with somebody with an idea of romantic relationship um, kind of being the at the forefront feels just mm-hmm. gross uh, at every level. And I've never like dated in LA, but you know, obviously used to spend a lot of time in LA, I've never dated in LA. Uh, so you, but you had have lived there. I mean, is this something that you were familiar with? Does it feel like this is the dating scene in LA where, I mean, for me, I always felt like LA exhausted me because yes, it was always like, who's doing more, who's doing better, who's making more money, what project are you working on today? And it just felt tiring to me because there's many times in my life, especially recently, where I was, I, I've won answered, I'm not working on anything new. Like there's nothing, like there's nothing exciting me as exciting going on other than me being happily content in the stuff that I'm already invested into. LA always tired me out. So I would love to hear your thoughts on dating in LA and also kind of the social scene. Yeah. I just, I so very few dated. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I hated going on dates so much. When I think about dates in LA, um, a couple come to mind. Um, one, one I think I've shared here because it was just the most, the, the utter most disgusting experience I've ever had because the guy within an hour of knowing me asked when the last time I had sex was. And then he also asked me when the last time um, I did something like, uh, like, let's just say third base for the PG audience. And I was like, wait, what? That was within an hour. Little did he know that he was talking to the bachelor's virgin. Yeah. So that was my experience. So on, somebody like, a bad straight up came LA. to you and was like, Hey, when was the last time you had sex? Like, do they, were, that's just he such said, a, when was the last time you got laid? Oh goodness. That's <laughs> yes. just something. I, I mean, I don't know. That's just something I would never think. Imagine. No, it just feels so weird and it feels so uncomfortable. And like, I'm wondering if that is, I mean, there's just, here's my, here's my comment to that one. It, that's just a weird question Two, That person has terrible game, terrible game. Like if that is what they lean on, if they can't be funny enough, if they can't be witty enough, if they can't be engaging enough or interested enough in you as a human to like get you interested in maybe having some type of romantic relationship with them, if they are interested in, in a romantic relationship, if they have to like throw out, Hey, when's the last time you did this? Like that feels like. That feels like freshman year of high school. Yeah. Right. Or like when you would go around a circle and you're like, never yeah. have I ever. Yeah. You yes. play never have I ever so that everybody like gets a little fired <laughs> up and like gets, it gets real weird. Like when you're kids, 
And I hated Never Have I Ever because I had obviously never had I ever done anything. <laughs> when was the last time you made out with your poster of the Jonas book, brother? <laughs> now that I would be more willing to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I think of. When I, I just think, think of it's dating, weird. You know, like. I feel bad for Susie. She seems like a sweet girl and she has some good friends. I'm sure she's going to be fine. I hope. Um, hey, next week, I am going to be out uh, on the Almost Famous podcast. The reason is, my, as we've mentioned before, Jessica and my parents and my in-laws and, and myself are going to Italy. This was a, a gift um, for 60th birthdays, uh, for my dad's retirement. It's, uh, it's just going to be a really great trip for the six of us to be together and go from Rome to Florence, to the Amalfi Coast. Well, I'm not the only bachelor contestant um, spending time in Italy. In fact, our headline is this, Victoria Fuller vacations in Italy with boyfriend Greg Grippo. Now, if you remember, uh, when they first announced their relationship, they had tattoos because yes, they were spotted in Italy, even though they were claiming they weren't together in Italy. They were. They had matching tattoos, um, but they went back. And it sounds like they're just getting back uh, into the States from Italy. Yeah, it's almost like a year reunion. I think it's like one month off from like their last year's trip to Italy. Oh, that makes sense. Um, They are like obviously like 100% back on. Remember a couple, like about a month ago, people were thinking that they were broken up because sure. they hadn't posted a ton of each other for about like six weeks. So now that they're together, we need to get them on the podcast so we can like really talk about if there was an off moment because the two of them are showing their sexy selves on boats and, you know, on the beach and just living up their young lives. They look great. And um, they're now home because Victoria was like, you can, we're not going to, this is the last post. <laughs> She's like, this is the last, you know, sexy post. They're a very attractive couple. <laughs> like, yeah, they're sexy. Yeah. The both of them, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like they go to Italy and they make Italy. They're looked at. Yeah, they're looked at. Um, yeah. And they like probably do the things that you see in like Italian posters. Like they probably like throw each other against walls and make out in the hall in like the little alleys. Yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, they are. They're very, I wish I was like that. Yeah, I, was I gonna wish say I had that sex appeal. Yeah, it's never been me. I would love it. I've ben tried. And I are like, we're like, yeah, we know that we're like, you know, attractive people, but like, just like, we don't just ooze that like. No, no. I mean, <laughs> I don't have that. What was that? The, the sex panther. I don't have that. Yeah. I don't have that energy. Um, no, pouring me from either. me. Very healthy I relationship. Wish I, I but wish no. I could. I just like wish I could, but like even when I try, I'm like, this could last 30 seconds before I start laughing at myself. Yeah, give me like, yeah, give me a 20 second like Instagram clip where I could like 20 seconds, yeah, pose on the beach, like make it a black and white photo and <laughs> you know, be sweating a bit. I might be able to pull it off, but then right after that, like I'm putting on my snorkel and um, <laughs> diving well, did the- you see what Catherine posted? Catherine Lowe, no. Okay, so she just did a really funny Instagram reel. I think it got a lot of views. So it says what I ordered versus like what I got. So she like has a video. She has herself on the computer, like on Amazon, ordering a video that she sees of Sean when he's on The Bachelor being like super ripped and like in the pool and all sweaty and like wet and dripping. And he looks great, right? And then she goes, what came? And then it's him in the pool with goggles on. 
<laughs> I mean, it's true. Like I have my flippers. I'm not against some flippers, some goggles. Oh, flippers are fun. I'm all about goggles. And if you take me back to like middle school, high school, I always wore a nose plug in the pool, like my <laughs> my backyard pool, because yeah. then I could like really get under the water without worrying about anything going up my nose. Actually, there's especially nothing. Especially on the diving board. There's nothing more hot. <laughs> Than, nose plug. than a high school high schooler <laughs> with a nose plug and goggles going on the bottom of the pool. It's great. Um, we're doing fine. We made it work and uh, we're happy and <laughs> we're, we're doing all right. Uh, all right. Well, I want you to give 20 or 30 seconds for Instagram for all of our amusement when you're in Italy and do something like this. Just like pretend that you're Greg and Victoria and post it for us. I can do that. I can do that. Okay. I can pull something. I'm gonna out. remind you. Yeah, please. I, I let, just text me and say, "Hey Ben, don't forget to be hot." Yeah, <laughs> don't forget to be hot. <laughs> what keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Final headline. This one made me nervous, Ashley, because I saw a quote from somebody named Higgins in here. And I was like, oh no, what did I do? Like what interview did I take that went backwards fast? Well, it's not me. It's somebody I don't even know, but shares the same last name. But this has been, uh, this headline has been coming across the internet um, a lot here recently. And I think the conversation around reality television and the treatment of the contestants are it, it's becoming more and more popular one because you know Bethany Frankel has kind of headed up uh, this conversation and said hey you know reality television needs to be unionized or there needs to be better representation the people need to be treated better that come on the show they don't know what they're going to get into all these things have been kind of popping up recently I believe we're going to be following stories like this um, for years to come where people are really fighting for uh, the contestants that give themselves up for reality television. Well, it's never been a secret, Ashley. I mean, you and I knew when we even went on that The Bachelor is a a really difficult situation for anybody to get thrown in, especially anybody that's hurting, uh, anybody that has emotional kind of, uh, uh, you know, damage or trauma, anybody that's healing in their life. The the bachelor has always kind of exposed that. And it doesn't really feel like in most experiences, the show helps heal people. Uh, I do think there's some, some healing and kind of getting it out in the open and, and talking about it. But the bachelor contestants have consistently came off the show and said, Hey, this show wrecked me. Um, this show hurt me. Okay. But not uh, like not us too. Mm-mm. So I think there's like there's different there's two groups. There's, there's two different groups. experiences for sure. There's people like us that are so grateful for it. It got us either like for me out of my comfort zone and literally like embraced my whole personality. Sure. And then like just look at the journey that you've been on. Like for us, it was 100% for the best. And I- then they're cast that it's the total opposite experience. Well, I mean, we were actually sharing this story. I was with. Heather, um, you know, Martin, yeah. and then McKenna this weekend at this wedding. And we were also at a table with um, a Love is Blind contestant and um, some Big Brother contestants. So it was like the reality TV table. And it was fun exchanging stories, but it's really amazing to see the range of experiences one can have. I agree. I mean, I, you know, and I think I, I speak to this and I think of Olivia uh, Creedy, who was Me on Me the season of The Bachelor that I was able to be a part of. And it felt like uh, a tremendous person had a really hard experience. And I did not have that type of experience. My, my yeah. experience was, I've always said, I've gotten through this thing uh, unscathed. And, and for whatever reason, that's my story. And I, I'm a fan of the show and I'm a supporter of the show. And I would tell anybody still to go on the show 
because of my experience, but I do think of the Olivia's of the world and go, yeah, this hurt her. I hurt her deeply. And I don't know how, um, how well the healing process began. Well, anyways, here's the headline Mm -hmm. and it's an interesting one. Bachelor producers admit to tormenting contestants to make for dramatic television. The, The quote here is you better cry. Now, Ashley, walk us through the story. There are previous bachelor producers who are quoted here. We don't know them. We don't know them. They were, they were gone before we got there, but it, it is a big headline. Yeah. Okay. So there's this show. It's a docuseries on vice TV. It's called the dark side of the two thousands. And it goes through, you know, different things of the two thousands. And, you know, that was really the birth time of reality TV. And they have this guy named Michael Carroll, a former bachelor producer, um, that it give, you know, he sat down and talked about it. So I'll read the quotes. He said, like in meetings, when they were coming up with the cast, they were like, We need a bimbo. We need a hoe. We need a ditzy girl that everyone can make fun of. Um, they would learn about their contestants' backstories and wield them like a weapon. She just went through a breakup. She just got over anorexia. She has been a bridesmaid 15 times, but never a bride. She's going to fuck someone day one. She's a virgin and she's never going <laughs> to, she's never going to. That's reality. That's what they want to know what's going to happen in that house before, you know, they were getting there. And then they said that they would bring up topics that would really make people emotional because they know, they know the backstory. So they bring up the the stories like this one girl, um, their dad left them when they were eight years old or they were left at the altar. And that's how it's going to be. If you want to be on the bachelor, you're going to know these things and they're going to be brought up in the interview room. Um, And then they'd be like, he's also said something about the like contestants who didn't cry enough. They would be booted off the show or like, the long-awaited tears. They're going to be like, someone's going to cry right now. And if you don't cry enough, we're going to find a way to get you out. And we're going to make you cry uh, when you leave because you didn't get The Bachelor. So you better cry now. Like, okay. You know, this is nothing surprising to us. There's nothing surprising here. Uh, I do think the first part of this is... More damning. It, well, it's just something I never... A little bit. I, it's something I didn't know... Uh, the behind the scenes of right. You and I have talked about how much of the behind the scenes we feel like we know and that we do know based on our time on the show and, and knowing some of the producers post their time on the show. I didn't, I didn't know that when they went through the casting process, there was a defining role that each person played. I knew they knew who, really? who the people were. I know they did a, like a psychological exam. I know they know this stuff. They know us well, but I didn't know they were actually looking for these types of people uh i i guess i would be oblivious at times to that it just it's not it's not okay that they say hey we need, we're gonna have this person and this is what the person's gonna end up doing on night one and if they don't i don't know what kind of role they play here anymore and so we'll probably convince the lead to get rid of them uh early because they're not really you know carrying the weight of the role that we wanted them to i, I don't love yeah. that yeah I don't like it all. Yeah, I don't like that either. I don't think of it like that, but I do think them stereotyping, like, you know, under mine. Mine was definitely like dateless virgin. Yeah. 
like super over the top. And then there's like, you were definitely like golden boy. You know that they were like golden boy. Like we're not going to touch him. We just want him to look great. Which is probably why my experience was, and I, you know, the, the benefits of that was my experience was pretty okay because it was, yeah. you know, I didn't have any storyline of trying to, to mess with me. I, I just, uh, I see, you know, I, obviously I've lived that experience. I've seen my friends who I know were struggling at the time go through this process and I don't know what their stories would be now. You know, a lot of these people have kind of disappeared um, after the show. And so I don't know I, what they think of when they think of the show. I think that if you don't really like, this is kind of sad to say, but if you don't really remember them, they probably didn't have a title that was strong. And the mm. producers probably didn't imagine them being around that long. Yeah. They were like kind of the fillers. Yeah. So like, what would you say that somebody who was well-known like Wells? Yeah. What would you say they, they thought of him going in? I think they knew he was going to be a good narrator. Like mm. he was going to be a really good contestant to have because he was uh, uh comedic. He would, he would play along. He understood the, the entertainment world. So he could almost, yeah, produce himself and they knew he could narrate situations and make it entertaining for the audience, which I think is a fine role to stereotype somebody as is hey, this person's going to be a really good storyteller. And I know Wells is that. What do you think that Jared was? I think Jared was a golden. I think Jared was, Hey, this is a, oh. the alternative golden boy. Well, yeah. And I think Jared had yeah. a, a lot more. Uh, I think J Jared was a nerd in a lot of ways, right? He was the, yeah. the comic book, movie um fan who you you know spoke in movie quotes and wore a superman shirt on night superman one Superman was definitely in like his audition tape yeah so he kind of was that lovable every you know a guy that you would know who's incredibly good looking and then obviously there was a, a date specifically planned for jared because he came in with the long kind of like almost bowl cut shaggy hair and then they give the him this haircut. like, yeah, they, they give him kind of the glow up date where he gets a makeover and they put him in a suit. And then all of a sudden everybody sees Jared differently than they did before. Yeah. And I think that was it too, because he was relatable. He was kind. He was nice. He was likable. Uh, and then obviously you give him a, a makeover and he, you're like, goodness gracious, this dude's like a lot more attractive than I've ever seen him before. And he stayed that way, yeah. obviously. So yeah. I think that was Jared's. Um, you know, there was obviously people on that season of The Bachelorette, like uh, the J.J. Langs and the Clint Arlises, that they they played they played into a lot more. They, you know, I don't know what their stereotype was, but they definitely capitalized and used them at the beginning of the show for character development more than anybody else. Mm hmm. One hundred percent. And now. I, I will admit that I definitely went in no like basically I just knew I was like I know that the characterizes people I know these elements of me stick out versus other people in the bunch so like I kind of was like I wouldn't all lean into it yeah I, I think that might be the suggestion typically when somebody asks me you know they're going through the casting process or they're going to become the lead and they reach out to uh to chat uh, and that hasn't happened in years uh, to me. I haven't spoken to a bachelor since Matt James um, before their show, but I think I would tell them do a deep dive on yourself real quick. Understand what that you like, kind of think through like, who are you going to be on this show and understand if that's somebody you want to be displayed as or not. And if you don't, then don't go on the show. If you do, if you're like, no, I'm comfortable with this, 
kind of stereotype and I'm com- comfortable being the jock or I'm comfortable being the one that stands up for the right reasons every time or, you know, whatever, then go on it. Like be confident mm-hmm. in that. But if, if not, then don't do it. Be self-aware and find humor in yourself as well. Sure. Yeah. It's people that take themselves too seriously. Now, I don't think, I mean, obviously from this last season, if we look at charity season, I think Braden would be the villain uh, quote unquote, right? The villain from mm-hmm. this season, the one that has the the most, you know, controversial storylines or the one that people disliked. I don't think the show is going to ruin his life. Uh, I do think, no, I, I do think fun with it. Yeah. In the past couple seasons, there aren't people that stand out that it's like, Hey, this is going to like wreck you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be that I, I think we could probably point to the show changing and how they handle their contestants so that they're not coming off and being like, yeah, my, I'm, I'm a mess. Well, uh, I think they also kind of allow Paradise to be the redemption story so that people leave with that feeling about them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a story that's going to be playing out. Producers are speaking out. I think as producers get older, and they have some years removed from these shows. And I'm not just talking The Bachelor here. These reality television shows, they have messes around all of them, right? Uh, the drama of these shows are created by humans and those humans are going to have to carry the weight of that. And so I do think this is a conversation that will be coming up more and more as these producers get older. Uh, We're now, you know, 20 years removed from the start of really reality television. Some of these producers have moved on to other jobs. They feel more comfortable speaking out. Um, So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. My hope is that these shows get healthier and that we have more seasons like charities. Yes. We might not remember the villain from the season. That's fine with me. As long as the love story exists at the end, uh, that's what I'm looking for in Paradise. That's what I'm looking for in The Golden Bachelor. Uh, at least that's my hope Definitely as a fan. Definitely The Golden Bachelor. Definitely The Golden Bachelor. <laughs> Bachelor headline is this. Amanda Stanton is having a baby girl. She posted this on Instagram. She did. She did. She kept talking about it and teasing it with us last week. And she posted the pictures of the girls, her, her girls and her husband, popping the balloon and in came pink confetti let's go bachelor in paradise alum Elise morris is pregnant with her first child this is hot off the press we know nothing about this she just posted on instagram said that she's having a surprise baby um a, a glorious surprise and we don't know who the boyfriend or the dad is we do know she we do to- it's well we do know him uh based on instagram but we don't like have any photos of the two of them together on her instagram yeah and no, he's we have- private i tried yeah <laughs> maybe in denver you would have had like some more common things you should get on facebook you yeah. could probably see him on facebook so yeah we'll find out we're gonna get lace on the podcast because i need to know how this this is going down you need to know how it happened. I, I, I need to I, know. I'll tell you after need- the podcast. Um, you the, know? <laughs> how you get pregnant? Yes, I, I have a good oh, idea. Oh, I thought you texted her and was like, so who's the guy? Oh, no, I don't know much about that. Um, okay. <laughs> the Bachelorette alum Hannah Brown is engaged to Adam Woolard. This is a big, big one. The big ones. Yeah, they posted some photos from this very romantic proposal. Mm-hmm. People has the exclusive on this. They got engaged on August 24th, but announced it today, aka Monday the 28th. It happened at Bolt Farm Treehouse in Whitwell, Tennessee. Here, I got to add in here. You want to know some crazy? You were there that day? No, Jessica and oh. Hannah Brown went on a trip together to Bolt Farm like five months ago. 
Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, she just thought they were going to go hang out with friends. Little did she know that her parents, her family was actually staying on property and they surprised them after he got down on one knee in in a very intimate moment, which was surrounded by flowers and rose petals and candles. And then a little deets on, oh my God, I said deets again, on the ring. It's from Ring Concierge and it has three rings to represent the present, the future and the past. And they, um, she says the center one is the biggest, which is the one that represents the present. She says, that's always my favorite part of our relationship. That's really, really sweet. And another sweet quote that I love that she said about him is, I love his calming presence and big heart and how he accepts and loves all versions of me, even the crazy version. Don't we all have it? Uh, Ashley, we do have a big week. Uh, We have some great interviews coming up. Uh, some really exciting times for the Almost Famous podcast. As we do, uh, I'm not even going to say fill in this offseason, as we walk through this offseason leading up to then the airing of Bachelor in Paradise and the Golden Bachelor. And then fairly soon after that, we'll be jumping right into the next Bachelor uh, with Joey. But this is all we got for today. This is all the headlines. So until next time, I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. See you guys. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, And how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP the Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.